This episode includes discussion about suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling, you can call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. I want to help people feel good. Like, I want to bring some happy vibes to people's lives. And so I wanted to do something lighthearted, and that's where Needle Love Jams came from. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Co Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights, if you don't know already, is a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Each and every week, we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. We're talking musicians, artists, healthcare advocates, authors, cooks, uh, most, if not all of them, have a wonderful mixture of passions, and we talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And uh, we also hit on the big point of finding purpose in our lives and amplifying Native voices. And today, we continue that mission. How are you doing, Leah? What's up? I'm excellent, Cole. How are you? I'm amazing. I don't have wasps that I have to deal with in my office. You know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> for some reason, we have what I believe are yellow jackets in our house, and they are getting in somewhere, from somewhere, and I don't know where they're getting in. So if you hear a sound, that's just my little buddies here. Joining the conversation, so do they? Do they hang out around your garden? I don't know. They're they're like in the lawn or in the yeah. grass, and you know we have a log home, so they're probably they've probably found a little crack to hang out in there, um, in the logs. But yeah, every once in a while, a couple will get in and just hang out in our windows, and I shoo them outside, <laughs> but. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to bring it up, but I also wanted to talk about your garden and, you know, just like, what what do you got growing there? <laughs> well, as you know, Cole, I was in Pittsburgh for a month, so we mm. planted a bunch of peppers. So green peppers, jalapenos, even a ghost pepper plant. Um, yeah, so some, some really good stuff there, and we also planted pumpkins. How about you, Cole? Do you, do you have a little herb garden going or anything like that? Oh no! I, I I only ask. Well, I ask because I'm you know I'm just jealous. I mean, I'm a city city dude. We're we're in the city here. We don't really have too much room to make a garden or anything. But we do have a lot of plants, of course, just to mm-hmm. green up this green up the area. Um, I don't know. I was just curious because I, our guest today has you know a a big background with uh, you know uh, indigenous plants and you know, the native food that we have here. And, you know, I'm just curious because, man, I just, I just want that garden someday. Yeah, and, you know, we it's not in a garden, but also in the river here, Prairie River, we have wild rice, too, coming in. That's, that's right. And that's a big part of uh, one of uh, her, uh, our guest's uh, previous works, uh, cookbooks. But without further ado, let's just get to what we're talking about here. Uh, our guest today is 
Tashia Hart. Uh, Tashia, who is Red Lake Anishinaabe, is a culinary ethnobotanist, artist, photographer, award-winning author, and cook. Tashia just released her debut work of contemporary romance called Native Love Jams. Love that title. Uh, Mm -hmm. You may have also seen her 2021 cookbook, The Goodberry Cookbook. Uh, She lives in Duluth with her husband and their son, and they also have a turtle which I just couldn't help but note. Um, so I can't wait to talk to her about all these passions of hers and this uh, new book, of course. And here she is. Buju Tashia. Buju Dindis Kwendegu Tashia Hart Jaganashimo Indigena Kaz. Miskwagami Wizaga Gunning and Dunjaba. Wanigami Singin Da. Hey everyone, my name is Tashia Hart. Um, I'm from the Red Lake Nation, joining you today from Duluth, Minnesota. Great. Uh, how are you doing? How's the family doing? Family is great. I uh, just got the little one down to sleep. Actually, I kept him up from his nap and uh, he just passed out. He uh, He's learning the joy of sidewalk chalk this summer at 18 months. So we, we've been doing a lot of that. And uh, the hubby uh, is downstairs working on a um, on a documentary. So we're all doing great. Awesome. Well, Tashia, what's on your mind these days? Oh, man. You know, honestly, uh, there's not a whole lot on my brain right now. And that's sort of the way I like it. Uh, Just for like this short period of like, you know, a couple of days after I'm finishing up this book. Um, Because my brain has just been like on fire for weeks trying to finish this, uh, my latest book, Native Love Jams. And, um, you know, just up in the middle of the night working um at the end of the bed (laughs) you know while the rest of the family sleeps and um it's finally done and my brain is just like it's just in that place where you know I'm trying to find that calm before the next big storm hits basically so the new book let's talk about it native love jams I, I, I love the title by the way uh just what is it and how did it come about so this is my fourth book and um my first book is like the exact opposite of this book and that was a uh, girl unreserved and that was like uh that was a very sort of like trauma based it was like a like a retelling of my own coming of age story basically and so working um from that to this book this book is like where I'm at right now in my life where you know I put in a lot of work to like heal and move past that stuff and like right now I just want to like I want to help people feel good like I want to you know bring some happy vibes to people's lives and so that's where you know I wanted to do something lighthearted, and that's where Native Love Jams came from. I also have to acknowledge the the amazing artwork on the front of the book could you talk about that uh, and who did that? A little known artist named Jonathan Thunder uh <laughs> aka my hubby <laughs> did the cover and uh it's kind of funny because um so this was like last year and the book wasn't done yet but I was trying to um get the cover art done so that I could pr- start promoting the book you know before it was done so he he was in the middle of like it was some big project or two or three big projects you know that he was working on and I didn't want to say hey sweetie do you want to like stop and like do what you're doing to like make me this awesome cover. So what I did was I went on Fiverr and I uh I paid somebody it was like a hundred dollars to like 
come up with something, you know, um, I didn't have a, a huge budget for this book. This is a self-published book, by the way. Three out of the four of my books are self-published. So anyway, the original version of this was not nearly this awesome or lovely. Uh, it was clearly clip art. And when my husband seen that, he stopped what he was doing and basically uh, made me this awesome cover and then surprised me with it. He actually got busted. I like walked into his office one day and he was just like, you know, working on it. And I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's where, that's where the cover, cover came from. I'm just really blessed to uh, know a, a great artist. Yeah. That's great that he, that he uh, detected the clip art. Well, can you tell us just a little more about Native Love Jams? Is there, who's the main character? Is there anything else we should prepare ourselves for when reading it? Um, well, the main character is Winnow, and uh, it's actually the same um, main character as uh, Girl in Reserve. So if anybody who has, has read that book, they'll remember the character. Um, so she is sort of loosely based after, you know, my own character and adventures uh, with foraging and cooking at food summits and um, working in kitchens. And so there's a lot of um, descriptive words of, uh, you know, like food and how it connects to love and the feelings that, you know, food kind of brings out um, for us like in our spirits and our hearts and um, how we can share that with people. So the tagline is two cooks go foraging and find love in a berry patch. That kind of just sums up the, you know, the book. And I, when I set out to write this book, I was trying to write uh, a sweet romance. Um, so I don't read romance by the way. So this was, uh, this took a lot of like uh, research, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, researching love, uh, and when I was writing the book, I was sort of like writing these passages and like making myself blush. And, um, you know, I was like, can I write this? Like just asking into the wind, like, am I allowed to write these things? You know what I mean? Um, and it's not really that spicy, but I did set out to, to write a sweet romance. And um, but I've heard that it's heard back from, you know, people that have read it, that it's actually a little spicy. So I don't know, maybe just prepare yourself for that. Excellent. Well, congratulations on finishing. Um, that's so exciting and it looks beautiful. And yeah, I look forward to reading it, reading a bit more of it, I should say. But can we talk a bit about your publishing company? I know we've talked a little bit about this before and I think it's so compelling um, how you started your company, why you started the company and the importance of the name of, of the publishing company. Yeah, so um, not too far removed press. Um, I started back in 2020 um, when I published my second book, um, Gigi and the Wolves, uh, which is a middle grade illustrated book. And um, that book, um, I submitted that book to a lot of editors, a lot of publishing companies. And, um, you know, I got some like, uh, editors that were interested and they wanted to read like the full manuscript. But um, what I was hearing back was that the character uh, Gigi, who is a young Ojibwe uh, girl, was too far removed from 
you know, what mainstream readers would could identify with. And so, you know, I think I I I, I tried for like maybe another month or so. And then I I said, you know, hell with it. I'm gonna I this book is it's almost done, you know, it's done, you know, it just needs some editing. You know, I'm I gotta write this, I gotta get it published. So I just uh I learned how to format a book and how to you know, I did the illustrations and my, my husband, Jonathan, he inked them and um, I figured out how to make a cover and so not too far removed press. So I was told that the character was too far removed. So that's sort of my, that was sort of like my way of uh, saying, you know, I disagree with that. You know, I think that these characters and these stories and, you know, our language, because there's, you know, cultural and language um, uh, representation in that book. And, in all the books uh, that I want to publish through the press. So, and I don't think it's too far removed. And I think a lot of other, you know, people would also think that. Uh, that's amazing. I, I think that's something that has been more prevalent nowadays, gladly, is, you know, media that traditionally thought, you know, most people aren't going to want this because, like you said, it's it's not of the majority uh, you know, majority of what people are experiencing, but when when you see what's happening recently, there, a, a lot of people are interested in like reservation dogs and everything that's coming out. It's 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 great to see that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's pretty, it's inspiring, and you know, I think it gives a lot of young people of all ages, you know, some hope and um, inspiration. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Red Lake Nation citizen Tashia Hart. She's a culinary ethnobotanist, artist, photographer, award-winning author, and cook. We were talking a little bit about your cookbook uh, in the intro of this uh, Actually, it's one of the ones that wasn't published by yourself. Could you talk about um, just the cookbook and, you know, just what led up to all that? Because there was like, what, 75 different recipes? That's a lot of work. Yeah, so it was it was a kind of like serendipitous uh, for me because it was right around that time that I I like had a dream that I needed to get back to learning about wild rice. And so it was right around that time that the editor approached me and um, I said, yeah, I'll do that. Anyway, it took, it took at least two, I think it was like two and a half years to do the book. Um, And there was probably about over a dozen contributors, I believe with recipes. Um, A few were from Red Lake um, where I'm from. And then, uh, Across the country also, um, I think there was a couple of my contributors uh, from down in Oklahoma. So that book actually ended up being a lot more having a more of a personal thread than I imagined or than I expected when I first set out to write the book. And I knew it would have a personal sort of like a thread woven through it. Um, I just tried to balance, you know, uh, like my story with the recipes, with um information about plants and stuff like that and along with the pic the, the images also which was a really fun part of the book made making the book for me it was like taking all the pictures for the book 
And if you don't mind, you mentioned like the personal thread that you're talking about. In some of my research for the interview, um, I looked at uh, you have a YouTube page, right? And one of the recent videos was on, well, somewhat recent, uh, plants and healing. And could you just talk about, you know, uh, your mental health journey and just how you've healed with the help of, uh, you know, plants and animals? So for me, it goes back to uh, when I was a teenager and um, I uh, some, had some really things happen. You know what I mean? And um, uh, when I was a teenager, I, you know, I tried to commit suicide, you know, more than once. Um, thankfully, it didn't work. But I just remember like, so PTSD and like the mental states of PTSD. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's sort of like where I was at, like this torture cell, you know, like in my brain that was just like reverberating, like pretty much every second of every day for, you know, for a really long time. So when I was 16, um, I'd been praying a lot, like a lot, a lot for help because I, I felt just like so alone, you know, like I I had family around me, but I felt like I couldn't tell people what was going on with me. You know, like I didn't want my family to be hurt or, you know, be involved in some kind of a way. Um, and so I didn't tell anybody what was going on. And, uh, but this one uh, morning I had a dream. It was a corn plant that came to me. It was a woman. And um, I just, I woke up in this field and I was growing in this field and I was, uh, I was a corn plant, but I was a woman and, um, I could just feel like the power of the earth, uh, just like pumping through me. And like, I had this, this little, um, like a corn child in my arms. And I just remember feeling like so powerful and so grounded. Like I felt like a whole person for the first time. And that was sort of like the first, um, interaction, um, with plant spirits that, sort of really set me on my path. Um, and of course, I had a lot of uh, hard work and uh, ahead of me, but that w- that's the one that changed my path. So that's the that's when I knew that I, that's when I actually didn't feel alone, you know. So I've always felt like the plants have been with me since then. And, you know, they're really good listeners. That's really powerful. And thank you so much for sharing. I know it can be difficult to, sh- to share like that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tashia sharing and sharing that dream. Wow, what a powerful dream. Getting strength from the earth and feeling that, feeling, seeing that like you're a, like a corn plant, but feeling like a person. Like how being connected to the plants, like we realize our humanity like kind of a an orientation and I hadn't you you mentioned talking to the plants or communicating with them and do you do that still do you talk to your plants oh yeah (laughs) Mm mm-hmm yeah, um, I first I'll, I'll touch on what you said, you know, about the form and, you know, feeling uh, human, basically, 
you know, um, as a young woman, um, I was struggling to feel like uh, any sort of strength, you know, as a young woman. And so um, feeling feeling myself as like a corn woman, like it's sort of like that was the first time that I felt really strong in like in the form and in the the energy and the power of a woman. So, um, and then feeling, you know, I felt like I was really alone and disconnected and, um, you know, feeling that strength of the earth. It's like, it's like that spirit showed me exactly what I needed to feel, you know, and needed to see in that, in that moment. And, uh, yeah, I definitely felt more human, you know what I mean? In that, from that relation, you know, like from that relational standpoint. Um, yeah. And I, I do talk to plants. I still talk to plants all the time. Um, anytime I see plants, I will talk to them, whether it's, um, in my, in my mind or, um, cause plants, they don't, uh, you know, they don't, I've never heard a plant, you know, uh, say something like how we say it, you know, it's always, it almost feels like, I don't even know how to describe it. It feels like an overlay or like it's in a different dimension. It's like, hmm. I don't know, you know, like I, I, I do hear voices and sometimes I see pictures, you know, I'll see like hmm. um, images in, in my mind um, when plants are talking to me. Um, and so I always try to be aware and kind, um, even though like my food that I'm eating, you know, and so, yeah, I always say miigwechi and uh, if there's anything uh, you want to share with me today. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm thinking of, you know, how do we communicate then with our plant relatives? Is it through, you know, just talking English <laughs> or is it through other language? Anishinaabe, Moen, or touch, you know, like there's a lot of different languages we can converse with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, um, it's just, I guess my own personal experience, it feels like, uh, you know, they're just like somehow connecting to the language cortex or the language center in the brain, you know, like, so almost like overriding, you know, that the verbal, uh, but it's weird because it's like, it's not spoken but it's spoken like because I hear words you know what I mean like is that is that weird <laughs> like it's not the, the verbal but you can still hear words like you can hear directions or yeses or nos or um, you, you get a feeling of if it's okay to pick here or you know how much or when you know what I mean there I don't know it's, it's very interesting yeah you're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Tashia Hart, culinary ethnobotanist, artist, photographer, award-winning author, and a cook who is Red Lake Anishinaabe. When you had the dream, is so where did you take it from there? I know big, it seems a big mission in your life is to, like you said, provide good vibes, but is it also to share that that whole um, aspect of plants and healing with with other people? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Um, 
So where did I go from there? Uh, after I turned 18, I was homeless <laughs> in Bemidji, Minnesota. And then uh, I was always, you know, working, you know, wherever I could get a job. Um, and then when I was, I think I was like 20, I went to Bemidji State um, uh, for biology. And uh, I went for biology because I love, you know, nature and the world. The, you know, our universe, but I also went for biology because, um, I've been writing, you know, since I was a kid and I wanted to write more realistic science fiction. So that was, uh, the second reason why I took, why I went for biology. Um, and I, right now I'm, uh, I'm working on, so I've got a few projects going for my next book. And one of them is like, a, a star saga that will um be like a combination of like uh you know the natural world with um you know people from the stars and other dimensions and what that would look like um you know like on reservations or like in our you know our urban centers you know and um so there'll be you know native characters and then also alien characters or you know uh, multi-dimensionals and um just sort of like and I want to have like a romantic sort of like thread running through it but also like you know comedy and um yeah so that's sort of uh that's sort of like where I'm gonna go next and there'll definitely be plants and healing involved in that series as well so well, how, how about we talk about the exhibit at the American Indian Community Housing Organization, the Indigenous Expressions, Love, Culture, and Reinvention. Your work is there with Shanoa Williams and Sam Zimmerman. And uh, what is your contribution to the exhibit, Tashia? So for that exhibit, um, I have four, um, four pieces and they are all um, digital. So I created them, their illustrations created digitally, and then I printed them. Um, and they are food and love themed. And accompanying them are large, um, like uh, poems, not like long, large, but they're like printed really big. Um, so you can see the poem like from across the room and they're meant to be humorous. and. Um, sort of fun and um so like one is um an image of a woman with a straw taking a bite of a strawberry and it's uh odaman stained skin for the snagging wind and then there's another one with the um a person with the colorful corn cob underneath their chin and that one is um carrie mundaman on your chin and soon you'll say gazaga in so yeah, the pieces are, when I was preparing for that show, I was still editing Native Love Jams. And so I couldn't get away from those themes. And um, that's, I just wanted to further explore the themes and through a different medium. So that was really fun. Shimi Gwech for, you know, sharing everything you did today. I really appreciate you and your time and, you know, look forward to keeping up to date on your journey and new works and all that. Hey, thank you. Miigwechi, you also. 
thank you to Tashia Hart, who is a culinary ethnobotanist, artist, photographer, award-winning author, cook, and much more. Uh, and she's a Red Lake Anishinaabe. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamen. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.